Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello there. You're listening to Luke's podcast, Luke's English podcast to be exact. And uh, normally on the podcast, um, I have an agenda for an episode. I'm like, today in the episode, we're going to talk about, you know, eggs or something. I, I haven't done an episode about eggs, but that was just an example. That's a bit loud, isn't it? The uh, music. I'm just, I'm doing a bit of DJing while I'm talking to you here. Okay. Don't hold it against me. Don't uh, judge my musical tastes. Please, just sit back, relax, listen to the sounds of Luke's English podcast. They're coming at you through your eardrums. Um, so uh, normally on the podcast, I have some sort of an agenda. Like, I'm going to teach you about, you know, grammar or phrasal verbs. I don't normally do grammar. You know what I'm saying? Normally I have some sort of organised programme. Not on this one. No. This one's going to be a free-forming sort of uh, jazz, jazz, blues, funk exploration. We're going to take a trip, a journey into space. Space, space, space. Okay? Um, what I'm saying is that I've just... Okay, I've been out... Um, I did a comedy show. It was okay. It wasn't outstanding. It was all right. It was um, above average, let's say. It was good. I got laughs. Um, I'm satisfied. I've been out. I'm back now. I have consumed beer. I've also consumed uh, a burger and chips. So food has been eaten. Uh, don't worry. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm healthy. Uh, I've drank a reasonable amount of beer and um, for a British man uh, such as myself uh, I'm not I wouldn't say that I was drunk I'm just comfortable okay I'm relaxed um, and normally I don't do podcasts in these conditions to be perfectly honest with you usually I do podcasts in a kind of like okay now I'm going to do a podcast I'm going to plan it I'm going to organize it as much as possible I'm going to try to be funny if but only to the extent to which I am uh, attempting to break down the effective filter which can block people from learning English you know I'm using humor as a as a uh, pedagogical or pedagogical or whatever you want to say uh, I'm using humor as an educational tool as a way of facilitating the learning process that's normally the logic that I go through when I am uh, doing episodes of the podcast during the daytime when the sun is up okay but now the sun is down burger is eaten burger has been eaten and beer has been consumed and now I'm free to just muck around and play around and fool around on the podcast and that's what I'm going to do okay so I'm playing a bit of music there's a bit of sort of um, space age sort of 
funk coming through, the speakers coming at you. Uh, and I'm just going to sort of wax lyrical, as it were. That's another way of saying just sort of talk, just ramble. Okay? I'm just going to groove out some vocal sort of word jazz, <laughs> let's call it, just for fun. Okay? And uh, that's, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. That's certainly not a crime. I think while I'm doing that, I'm going to go through my... Uh, a bit of music. I'm just going to go through my hard drive and I'm going to see what kind of uh, stuff I can bring up uh, as a way of providing a little bit of background to the uh, the words and sounds that are coming out of my face right now into this microphone. Somehow they're being transferred. The words are being transformed into some sort of digital signal or some kind of waveform. And they're then going into my handy recorder, my Zoom H4n, which is digitizing everything. It's amazing, isn't it? Um, it it's uh, digitizing all the stuff. And the result is this slightly odd episode of Luke's English Podcast. Let's play the... I'm going to play this music. Oh, that sounds very naughty. Wait a minute, it's too loud. Okay. So you might be thinking at this point, oh, this, this moody electronic music, Luke, is the sort of uh, ambience that we don't normally experience on the podcast. Normally everything's all nice and it's a bit like the BBC, but without rules. But this is like we've taken a journey into sort of some sort of dark technological underworld in which uh, there are robots everywhere and robots that may, might not have our best intentions at heart. This sounds like the music of evil androids, I think you'll agree. Uh, and it's slightly sinister and yet strangely uh, pleasant at the same time. That's an odd combination, I think you'll agree. Maybe these are robots from the future who've come back uh, in time in a spaceship and the doors of the spaceship have opened and they've welcomed the community of Luke's English Podcast into the spaceship and they're now attempting to communicate with us using uh, weird digital music and this is what it sounds like. This is the sound of aliens from the future trying to speak to you in their alien, alien language, okay? That is, that is alien for, hello, would you like a cup of tea? See, that, that's alien for, oh, uh, oh, sorry, do you not drink tea in your culture? It got awkward, didn't it, for a second? <laughs> it was like the, the equivalent of an awkward alien conversation. Um, this is a slightly random and free-flowing, crazy episode of Luke's English Podcast, okay? Um, so just... That's it. Don't expect any kind of language input exactly beyond just the words which I'm pre presenting for your ears at this point. Don't expect me to teach stuff, okay? I'm on my Friday evening off. Uh, as I've said, I went out, did a show, had a few drinks, chatted with my friends. I'm back in the, in the flat and I thought, hey, I'm just going to mess around on the old MP3 uh, computer interface and I'm going to produce an episode of Luke's English Podcast that is just free form. Okay, good. I've done the justification. I'm now free to just um, let, uh, let myself uh, uh, kind of wander through my music collection and I'll just see what, uh, what we come up with, okay? So, um, okay, let's have a little bit of this. Normally, when you're DJing, it's appropriate to kind of like leave no space between the tracks. I mean, these are the basics of DJing. 
it's meant to be seamless, a seamless blend of music, and it all links together. But um, I mean, I could do that. I could probably do that. I've got the technology available to me. It's just that I'm not. I'm just literally going through my hard drive, finding mu- moody electronic music with which to, uh, you know, disturb you slightly. This is a track called Pulp Fiction by Alex Reese, and this is a classic drum and bass anthem from the mid-90s. It's, I mean, it's probably not your kind of music. I mean, this is a bit specialist, really. But when I was a teenager, this is the sort of thing that uh, would really get get me going. And... Actually, I've realised that you're only getting one speaker as well. You're only getting, like, the left speaker for some reason. I don't know. It's just a weird one. Anyway, I'm going to keep on rolling here with uh, some more music. And, uh, uh, okay, let's have, let's go with this. This can maybe be a little bit more positive sounding. Yes. Um, so I'm drinking a glass of water. It's very important, don't you think, to keep yourself hydrated? And this is what uh, they tell us. They say to you, whatever you do, you've got to make sure you keep hydrated. There's nothing worse in the modern world than being dehydrated. Oh, no, 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 no. You can't be dehydrated. No way. Uh, so I'm drinking the water just to keep myself hydrated. Uh, I've got messages coming in on my phone, which I'm going to have to have a little look at here. I'm multitasking. Whoever said that men can't multitask? I can multitask. I mean, I, I, only certain tasks. Um, I think it's usually women who say that men can't multitask. And what they mean, really, is that men can't listen to their girlfriends or wives and do something else at the same time. Men are perfectly capable of multitasking in other situations. We can do two things at the same time. We can, com- we can play computer games and drink beer at the same time, for example. There you go, that's multitasking, right? But what they can't do is listen to an important message from their girlfriend while doing something else. For example, if you're a bloke and you're in the supermarket trying to buy some stuff and your girlfriend calls you, you will have to stop. I mean, that maybe that's just true for me, but um, I find that when my girlfriend calls me and I'm in the supermarket, I just stop what I'm doing right there. And I just stand just motionless in the supermarket, just focusing on the telephone call, right? Because if I miss something important in the conversation, that could come back to me later on. Because women are very good at, at communicating. I mean, they, they are, on, on their own terms, they're very good communicators. Because women don't only uh, listen and talk, they also remember. You know what I mean? So in, in any conversation that you have uh, with a lady, um, you have to remember that uh, whatever you say is being recorded and may be used against you in a court of law later on in another conversation, maybe an argument at some point. So that's why men have to like, you know, they can't listen to you and do something else at the same time. So be be reasonable, ladies, and uh, remember that men, uh, you know, they're doing their best under the circumstances. They are only men after all. Now, I'm, I'm going to try and do, like, some special trickery here so that I can DJ properly. You might be thinking, Luke, I thought you were into, like, the Beatles and stuff like that. Well, I am. I, I have a, uh, a broad, eclectic musical taste. Um, a lot of it's this sort of deep house, groovy, sort of uh, future funk stuff from Mars. But I do, obviously, love 
the Beatles and the Stones and Led Zeppelin and that kind of thing. I'm going to see what I can dig up for you now. Um, I like the rare stuff, you know, I like the rare music that uh, you might not hear on the radio. But okay, all right, let's have a little bit of this then. Um, okay, I'm, I'm looking for some rock music because rock music, listen to me, I sound like a middle aged grandfather or something. Oh. Alright, so let's have a bit of that. This is the Arctic Monkeys. Great band and good lyrics. This song is about sort of like when for some reason your girlfriend's in a bad mood and it makes life a bit difficult. And it could be great because a lot of the time you spend sort of beautiful times hugging and cuddling and just having a nice time, but then every now and then she's just got the face on. Remember cuddles in the kitchen, yeah, to get things off the ground And it was up, up and away Oh, but it's really hard to remember that On a day like today when you're argumentative And you've got the face on To get things off the ground And it was up, up and away Oh, but it's really hard to remember that On a day like today When you're argumentative And you've got the face on And yeah, I'm sorry That was the Arctic Monkeys with Mardi Bum, a song all about sort of uh, those times when you might have an argument with your girlfriend. You might be thinking, why are you playing that song, Luke, and why are you talking about multitasking? Have you had an argument with your girlfriend? No, I haven't. All right? Not tonight, anyway, but I have, you know, in my life. Who hasn't? But uh, no, don't worry. I'm not in the doghouse, as they say. If you're in the doghouse, it means that uh, you've had an argument with your partner and they've like sort of thrown you out. Like um, either they've thrown you out of the house or they've just sort of they're just in a bad mood with you and you've been sort of um, sort of uh, rejected or something. 
I mean, it's not over. It's not finished. It's just that you're in a, th- th- that person's bad books. Um, in the doghouse, they say. Yes. Now, I'm going to play something else. This is a bit of comedy. And this is uh, from Bill Bailey, who is a really great British stand-up comedian who does lots of music and th- stuff. And uh, in this clip, he's talking about British cop shows. You know, in America, the cop shows are all sort of like dynamic and cool. You know, like he was a cop. He was a lone uh, maverick who, uh, you know, burned the rule book in that sort of thing. Well, British cop shows, it's a different kind of story. They're not quite as cool. Let's hear Bill Bailey talking about British cop shows. Look out, he's got a shooter. (laughs) That's our gritty realism, isn't it? He's got a shooter. It's not even a proper word, is it? Shooter, shooty, shoot, shoot. I mean, what? When somebody's got a knife, you don't say, look out, he's got a stabber. He's got a stabber. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the cop goes in there, oh, it's terrible in there, Sarge, you don't want to go in there. There's about four of them deaded, all of them deaded. One of them deaded with a shooter, two deaded with a stabby thing like that. (laughs) We went in with hitty things, clicky metal rings with a key. He came running out, got away on a... All right, you're probably thinking, what the hell's going on there? Don't worry, I just played that to you completely out of context. There's no chance that you can get it. But he's basically talking about the fact that um, um, in sort of British cop shows, they're always uh, sort of cockneys, and they always use certain types of language. Like, watch out, Sarge, he's got a shooter. A shooter in a British cop show means a gun. Okay, a shooter, and then he starts making jokes about, well, you know, it's not like if someone's got a knife, you don't say, watch out, he's got a stabber. No. Uh, yes. Okay, no, yes. Which one is it, Luke? Oh, never mind. On a Friday night, sometimes no and yes, they get a little bit mixed up, wouldn't you say? Yes, I think so. I'm not sure how, I, how long I can keep this up for, but let's keep going. Let's roll on through the night uh, while we uh, just have a little further exploration into my hard drive maybe i should forget about the music and just try and talk to you like some kind of late night radio show you're listening to luke's late night podcast and uh, we've just been covering such topics as multitasking and having arguments with your partner and being thrown into the doghouse not literally um hmm I've been an English teacher for 14 years and I've experienced all kinds of different uh, scenarios in my classes. Some of them are, are, are pretty ridiculous. I mean, from the point of view of the teacher, they are anyway. Like, you know, you have to deal with different cultures and, and stuff like that. Some people, some people from different places are very sort of deferential. They're very uh, respectful of the teacher. They admire the status of the teacher. Some students sort of have a different attitude to those sorts of things. So it can mean that, you know, some people in the class deal with you in one way and others deal with you in other, in other ways. Some of the students will be very punctual. They'll come on time. Other students will sort of stroll in, at, you know, whenever they want to, it feels like. So I've, I've had experiences. I remember once I had this guy, uh, where was he from? He was from Iran. And I think he, was, he had like a real sense of uh, uh, like respect for the teacher to the point where it really sort of dominated his communicative style. So I'd say to him, hi, how are you today? And he'd be like, thank you, thank you, thank you, teacher. Thank you, thank you, please. 
Um, it's like, well, no, that's not really the appropriate response. I appreciate your thanks, but normally when one says, how are you, the response is, fine, thanks. Uh, and he was like, ah, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this valuable, valuable lesson. Um, it was uh, it was funny, uh, for me anyway. Other students, I'd say, you know, uh, and good morning to you, and they'd say, in my country, we do not say good morning. Only in my country, the land is cold, and only the wolf can survive in the morning. Okay, <laughs> all right, uh, I'm just trying to be nice. Uh, and then someone else strolls in, and they're like, hey, teacher! Uh, teacher, teacher, I'm sorry I'm so late, but hey, you look good today. And I'm like, well, you're late, uh, but I like you, so I'm not going to do anything about that. Um, it's a crazy old game, being an English teacher, that's for sure. And uh, mm-hmm. let's have a listen to this bit of music. Listen to that bass. Uh huh. This is dub, if you were wondering. Oh, yeah. It's not just reggae, it's not just your Bob Marley best of compilation. This is stuff that was. See, the way that dub music worked, okay? And it, dub was really groundbreaking music. Oh, yeah. It was, it was groundbreaking stuff. This, These tunes were produced in the 70s, probably in some little studio in Jamaica and uh, you know reggae I mean like Bob Marley of course was like the most famous reggae musician ever he was produced probably by you know some Jamaican producers I think he was produced by the guy who did this record actually Lee Scratch Perry I think Bob Marley's first record was produced by Lee Scratch Perry Lee Perry had a studio in in Kingston I think in Jamaica and he um, had all sorts of different bands and musicians come through his studio and what they would do is um, in the studio they would they would record the band playing one song like a single it could be Police and Thieves for example by Junior Mervyn which is the track you're listening to now so the the band would uh, record a studio uh, a studio uh, single and then the producer, the guy who, you know, engineered the track and produced it and stuff, he would then do a remix of the track. And that would be the B-side of the single. So you get like a seven-inch vinyl single. Side A would be the, the radio version. And then side B would be the dub version. And that's really the producer using the recording, the multi-track recording, as a kind of mixing desk sort of cut-and-paste uh, instrument of its own and producing a brand new version of the song. Often they would like bring in different tracks, like they bring the guitar in and out, apply effects to the uh, to the vocals, getting that echo effect and stuff, that kind of thing. Like bringing in little bits of vocals here and there. They would like cut the drums out, and just have bass, emphasizing different aspects of the track. And these were the first sort of DJs or remixers as we know it today. These guys sort of invented a kind of uh, music which is now totally commonplace. Now everyone is doing this. Everyone's like remixing and changing tracks and sort of mixing around with the mix as a way of producing this kind of head-nodding music, let's call it. 
the sort of music that you listen to and you nod your head to. This would have been produced in probably the early 1970s. You hear that? That's just the bass and drums. The bit of guitar, a bit of vocals. The guitar has got some echo effect on it. For me, the general effect is a very pleasant listening experience. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you think? This, is, this might not be your kind of thing. In which case, I'm going to try and find something that might suit you better. I don't know. I think there's probably a lot of people out in the world who like rock, you know, and I, I don't mean sort of... I say rock, I mean that's a very broad term. There's probably people who want uh, different types of stuff. Um, let's see what I can find here. Hmm. Okay. People who, you know, I know people like Pink Floyd. They like uh, Black Sabbath and stuff like that. Uh, I'm bound to have something that's going to appeal to that section of my audience here. You know, I've got rather specific musical tastes. Some of you listening to this are probably like, yeah, I totally get it. This, this is my kind of thing as well. Um, all right, I've got a tune here, which is going to just... You're going to like this. Okay, here we go. And I'm mixing now. Mixing, ladies and gentlemen. Birmingham's finest, ladies and gentlemen, Black Sabbath. Tony Iommi on lead guitar. Tony Iommi used to drink in the pub where I worked when I was a teenager. I used to serve him beer. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Lead singer, Ozzy Osbourne, of course. World famous Ozzy Osbourne. In this track, Ozzy chooses to sing about a wizard. Sabbath were a bunch of working class guys from Birmingham, grew up in the 50s and 60s. They used to work in literally heavy metal factories, smashing sheet metal together in industrial circumstances. All day they would hear the sounds of heavy metal smashing against heavy metal. 
Then in the evenings they used to get together in the studio and make this kind of music. That's the birth of heavy metal. Tony Iommi, the lead guitarist, chopped off the end of one of his fingers in that factory. It was replaced with a, with a metal cap. He had a metal cap on one of his fingers and it actually affected the way that he played the guitar, creating that harsh metallic sound that we associate with heavy metal. So it's heavy metal in a number of different ways. Heavy metal because it's inspired by the sounds of heavy metal in their factory. Heavy metal because it's inspired by the sound of Tony's metal finger. And heavy metal because of the sound of the metal strings on the guitars and the drums and the other bits of the musical equipment. Played at great speed and at great power. Come on, that's brilliant, isn't it? Yes. Oh, hello. We've gone back. There we go, that's more like it. This is the sound of uh, a group called Booker T and the MGs. Oh, <laughs> yes, it is. These guys come from Memphis in Tennessee in the USA. They came from there anyway. And this has got to be one of the most famous bits of music in the world, doesn't it? Isn't it? Hasn't it? Wasn't it? Very simple stuff, but very, very hard to replicate. Just produced by four guys in the studio. Drums, bass guitar, organ, and Fender Telecaster guitar. In terms of rhythm and blues music, it doesn't get much better than this. It's absolutely classic.
I think all you need in a track sometimes is that heavy backbeat. It just drives, it's so steady. There's such a tight group, it's amazing. Okay, so that was Booker T and the MGs with Green Onions. Now, I've just come across a folder um, in my hard drive here amongst my music, and the folder is just entitled Bukowski. Now, I don't know if you're aware of the uh, American writer called Charles Bukowski, but um, Bukowski was an amazing uh, writer and, and, and poet from the US, and he wrote sort of... Oh, it's hard to describe, really. He was a heavy drinker, and he wrote sort of very sort of uh, gritty and emotionally charged, uh, tough, working-class stories about guys who sort of... I can't really explain it, really. I'm just going to play you. All I've found is a... I think it's one of his poems. It may be being read by him... But let me play this to you. This is three minutes and 23 seconds long. It's just in my hard drive. I don't really, I'm not that familiar with it, but I love Bukowski's work. It's, 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 it's so uh, tough and well-written um, and sort of brutally honest. And um, there's something kind of nihilistic about it and yet poetically beautiful. I'm just going to play you the poetry um, and we'll see what he says. I don't know what he's going to say. It could be very rude. It, sometimes Bukowski's work is very sort of shocking and uh, sort of it, it, sometimes people consider him to be a bit sexist. Other people think that he's got great respect for women. Um, sometimes he talks about drinking and sex and there's very rude language. I've got no idea what this poem is going to be, but let's listen to it. The Life of the King. I awaken at 11.30 a.m., get into my chinos and a dirty green shirt, open a Miller's, and nothing in the mailbox but the Berkeley tribe, which I don't subscribe to. And on KUSC, there's organ music, and I leave the door open, stand on the porch, walk out front, hot Damn, that air is good, and the sun like golden butter on my body. No racetrack today, nothing but this beastly and magic leisure. Rolled cigarette dangling, I scratch my belly in the sun as Paul Hindemith rides by on a bicycle. And down the street, a lady in a very red dress bends into a laundry basket, rises, hangs a sheet on a line, bends again, rises, all in that red, that red like a snakeskin, clinging, moving, flashing, hot damn, I keep looking, and she sees me, pauses, bent over basket, 
clothespin and mouth. She rises with a pink pair of panties, smiles around the clothespin, waves to me. What next? Rape in the streets? I wave back, go in, sit down at the machine by the window. And now it's Tchaikovsky's violin concerto in D. And a light negress in very tight pants walking a hound. They both stop outside my window, look in. She has on dark shades and her mouth opens a little. Then she moves on. They might have bombed cities for this or sold apples in the rain. But whoever did it, today I wish to thank them all the way. For those few of you familiar with my published work, these will be new to you because uh, mm, they are these 20 or 30 or 40 the stack here I've written in the last two weeks and I just read them off without lining I don't know what's next it's better that way and it's easier to read new stuff the old stuff gets tiresome. You know how it works. So, <clears throat> probably some baddies in here, but, uh, you know, okay. Okay, that was uh, Charles Bukowski, and that poetry was about just, you know, imagining getting up in the morning and all just drinking a beer and sitting in the sunshine and looking at these women. Uh, <laughs> I can't describe it. Uh, you just have to just hit, listen to it again if you need to. Now I'm going to play you some outstanding music. This is Curtis Mayfield, one of the godfathers of modern music. And this track is called Pusher Man. And that's right, it's all about a drug dealer. Imagine a pimp in the 70s again. He's got his pimp mobile, his car, and he looks smart. Super cool, super mean, feel 
doesn't get much better. I know I keep saying that, but listen to that bass line. songs Curtis Mayfield was like <laughs> documenting urban life you know Two bags, before they did it before they did it in hip-hop Curtis Mayfield was doing it to get mellow on Luke's English podcast from time to time. Imagine we're cruising around in some sort of car. I'm your pusher, man. What do you need? You need some phrasal verbs, you need some idioms, you need a little bit of hit of vocabulary, come to me baby, I'm your pusher man for English. What do you need? You need some more English? Come over here, I got the good stuff baby. Keep on coming back for more folks. I've got the good stuff. I think I'm going to leave you on this one. And I'm not going to talk more than this. This is Victor Wooten, one of the greatest bass players in the world. One man, one bass guitar. The results are magical. I'm out, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to bed. Good night.
music is a language. Both music and verbal languages serve the same purpose. They are both forms of expression. They can be used as a way to communicate with others. They can be read and written. They can make you laugh or cry, think or question, and can speak to one or many. And both can definitely make you move. In some instances, music works better than the spoken word because it doesn't have to be understood to be effective. Although many musicians agree that music is a language, it is rarely treated as such. Many of us treat it as something that can only be learned by following a strict regimen under the tutelage of a skilled teacher. This approach has been followed for hundreds of years with proven success, but it takes a long time. Too long. about the first language you learned as a child. More importantly, think about how you learned it. You were a baby when you first started speaking, and even though you spoke the language incorrectly, you were allowed to make mistakes, and the more mistakes you made, the more your parents smiled. Learning to speak was not something you were sent somewhere to do only a few times a week. And the majority of the people you spoke to were not beginners. They were already proficient speakers. Imagine your parents forcing you to only speak to other babies until you were good enough to speak to them. You'd probably be an adult before you could carry on a proper conversation. To use a musical term, as a baby, you were allowed to jam with professionals. music in the same natural way we approached our first language, we would learn to speak it in the same short time it took to speak our first language. Proof of this can be seen in almost any family where a child grows up with other musicians in the family. few keys to follow in learning or teaching music. In the beginning, embrace mistakes instead of correcting them. Like a child playing air guitar, there are no wrong notes. Allow young musicians to play and perform with accomplished musicians on a daily basis. Encourage young musicians to play more than they practice. The more they play, the more they will practice on their own. Music comes from the musician, not the instrument. And most importantly, remember that a language works best when we have something interesting to say. Many music teachers never find out what their students have to say. We only tell them what they are supposed to say.
A child speaks a language for years before they even learn the alphabet. Too many rules at the onset will actually slow them down. In my eyes, the approach to music should be the same. After all, music is a language too. 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 Thank you very much for listening to another episode of Luke's English Podcast. Would you like some more information? Yes, if you would like more information, just go to teacherluke.co.uk. More information. I'm sure that you'd love to have some more of that. I mean, you can never have enough information, really, can you? I'm sure that everyone out there in the world would like more information. And if that is the case, just visit teacherluke.co. UK. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.